Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Runestone is actually two things. It's a plain text editor app for iPhone and iPad, and it's an open source framework of the same name uh, that other people, uh, other developers can integrate into their apps. The, the Vikings had these runestones, big stones that they were carving runes into. And I thought there's something here that kind of, that, that feels like, uh, that re- reminds me of a foundation for something. So we are building our, uh, our modern world on top of this foundation established by the Vikings. And of course, a lot of people before them, but it was just, it was a nice association for me to, a nice parallel to draw with these r- stones that they were carving into and something that we are building on top of uh, to this day. And I want other people to build on top of my framework, build their own apps. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. This is the final episode before WWDC next week, which I will be having a special episode all about uh, next week. And I'm excited to talk about all the awesome announcements regarding iPadOS 16. So that is next week. On this episode is the developer of JSON, Scriptable, Datajar, and now RuneStone. Simon has been on episodes 61, 78, and 94. And in those episodes, we covered his other apps, including a deep dive on widgets. So check those out if you like what you're hearing today. In this episode, we are taking a deep dive on his newest app and framework, RuneStone. You can learn more at runestone.app. And if you want to support this podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com slash ipadpros or subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts. Well, with that, here's my interview with Simon. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Simon. Well, uh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, Tim. Yeah, I think this is our maybe fourth time, and uh, this time yeah. is for a very fun, special occasion of the launch of a new app that you have, uh, RuneStone. Yeah, that's right. So um, before we get started with RuneStone proper, uh, can you first kind of introduce yourself for those that haven't listened to uh, the past episode? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Simon, and uh, I'm a developer. Um, I mainly make apps for... Um, iOS and, and iPadOS, so basically Apple's platforms, uh, usually have a focus on developer tools. Um, but that's, that's changing a bit, I would say, with the release of RuneStone. I think it has a bit of a bro- uh, broader appeal. But yeah, I, th- I think we'll get much more into that. Yeah, for sure. I'm not a developer, and yeah, I'm finding a lot more utility than I am uh, with your other apps, which I do find uh, wonderful. But as a developer, I need to uh, kind of stretch what I can do with those, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit, bit more um, narrowly focused, so to say. <laughs> For sure, yeah. So uh, you were last on back in October of 2020, episode 94. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you can remember back to October 2020 and kind of looking back between that time and now, has your iPad usage changed much since then? Um, that's a great question. Um, so it has changed. I think it has changed. Um, I mostly, back then, I mostly used my uh, my iPad for taking notes and drawing. So in my day job, I have a day job where I talk to a lot of developers around like technical stuff. So it's super useful to take notes, but also to make drawings um, when you need to, you know, share thought. It can be helpful to draw it out. Or, or even if you have to understand something, uh, other people, at least to me, if I have to understand something technical that other people are telling me, it uh, it, it helps to draw it out. Um so that's what I was mainly using my app, my iPad for back then, and that's that's still my main use case, um, along mm-hmm. with browsing, of course. Uh, yeah, the, the iPad's great for that, but it has changed a bit since then because I think since twenty twenty, um, two things have happened, or two new features have been been announced that have really um, 
kind of spoken to me at least. So there's Swift Playgrounds. I think it was out back then. I don't remember exactly when Swift Playgrounds was launched, but I think it's a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it has been become much more powerful since then. So as a developer who's mainly developing for Apple's platforms and in the Swift uh, programming language, this is this has been super helpful for me. So now I can actually make tiny apps uh, just on my iPad. A few months ago, I, I wrote a a small game only on uh, or purely on the iPad. Um, so that was that was new. That's that's something new that's uh, that has happened. That's really cool. Yeah, is that just something um, for yourself, or is that something available in any test flights out there? Or? Um, <laughs> so it it is available out there as a as a small surprise um, in one of my apps. Ooh, uh, yes, I, I think it was hinted of in <laughs> um, a review I just read on Mac Stories. Um, couple days mm. yeah yeah hmm. yeah Curious. so yeah. It, it is available but, but not as a standalone app <laughs> that's um, cool yeah yeah and that was developed uh, purely on the ipad the second thing that has happened since we spoke last is the introduction of universal control um so i think back then we still had the i think back then we had what what's it called is it called handoff no we had what's the um, other thing uh, uh, What's it called? Car. The external display thing. Sidecar. No, I, I was I was thinking about the the side, sidecar. Sidecar. Yeah, feature. yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. But I, I never really found that super useful. Uh. It's a cool feature, but it it didn't really speak to me. Um, yeah. It didn't fit into my workflow. But with the introduction of uh, universal control, I really found that I I use my iPad um more, I guess, but also in in different ways. So I like to use it as a second display, but not as a second display that kind of extends my computer, but where I just have it on the side and I might have Twitter or a video open on YouTube and then it'll just be easy to, it'll, it'll be easy to use the iPad with just my, you know, mouse and keyboard, but I'll still have the the true iPad experience, so to say, uh, which I don't think you really do with Sidecar where you're moving windows. So so the, it, it feels a bit, mm, the, the experience is a little, it feels a bit wrong. Yeah. When, you, when you take a Mac OS window and move it to the iPad. Totally. But now you actually have, you know, classic iPad apps, but you can control it with the same mouse and keyboard. And that's just been super useful to me. That's cool. Yeah. It seems like a really awesome thing for people that do use both platforms, having that one input device. And it could be either. You could be on your Magic Trackpad for iPad and have like a Mac Studio next to you and your iPad could be controlling that. And it seems like a really, really cool way to take advantage of both platforms more... Um, natively yeah sure i don't have a mac studio though i just have a macbook pro uh, i i wish i did have a mac studio but, uh, <laughs> but I, that's how it is it for also sure. works with the mac pro yeah absolutely. Oh, so, sorry macbook pro macbook pro yeah uh for swift playgrounds like an app with like runestone what kind of mm-hmm. if you did try to build that on ipad what kind of hurdles do you think you would have had to overcome versus doing that in xcode Oh, mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I think I think you could get far uh, on the iPad um, at least at least with like the the frame of the app, so to speak, the the app functionality. So where yeah. where um, the the limitations in Swift Play- Playground is, uh, I'm sure there are some that are that I can't think of right now. But at least if you have to depend on something, if you have to. Yeah, if you have any open source dependencies, it can be quite a hurdle. Um, so maybe I think you're able to import Swift packages in Swift Playgrounds, but I can't remember that on top of my head. But at least with the, with Runestone, I'm, I'm depending on some, some C code. Yeah. Um, so an, an open source tool developed by GitHub for like, um, parsing the code that's in a document and understanding the, 
the code that the user is writing in RuneStone. And I don't think I'd be able to import that into Swift Playgrounds. Maybe there's a way that I'm not uh, aware of, but I don't think that's possible. Yeah. And then um, in-app purchases, I think, are not allowed yet within Playgrounds. Is that right? Right. There might actually be something there. Uh, I don't think that's supported yet. Um, So it's still very... It's a new platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll still be able to develop the entire app, but once you had to implement the in-app purchases part, which is just like kind of putting up a wall in front of some of your features, you'd have to move it over to Xcode. But I think you could actually get quite far on the iPad. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's a a cool platform being able to do this all on iPad now, and hopefully they'll Mm -hmm. advance it year to year, and we'll hear... um, very soon here at WWDC, what's going on with that? Yeah, it's exciting to see what happens in... I mean, I guess it's under a month now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it is coming up. <laughs> so um, let's get to RuneStone. Uh, this is a really cool yeah. app. So for those that haven't tried it yet, to what is RuneStone? And uh, if you want to include in that, how did you come up with the name for the app as well? Uh, so RuneStone is a, is a kind of a simple plain text editor. So if you're used to the Mac, uh, you might think of a plain text editor like text edit. Yeah. That's the default plain text editor that ships with the Mac. Um, it can, you know, edit simple text files, uh, usually those files that's called like some file name.txt. Mm-hmm. You can also edit other files, but that's, that's your like typical plain text files. Uh, there are other uh, plain text editors for the Mac, um, VS Code and uh, Nova, Sublime Text, all of those. And th- they have a lot of diff, a, a lot of powerful features um, that something like text edit don't have but they're all kind of plain text editors some of them might be leaning more towards being a full-fledged IDE so that's a developer or a development environment where you can like compile and run your code um, but at the at the very core of it there's a there's a plain text editor so that's like that that's where um, something like runestone is, is tapping in but on on iPhone and iPad so it's also a plain text editor for iPhone and iPad um, but it's, it's, it, RuneStone is actually two things. It's a plain text editor app for iPhone and iPad, and it's an open source framework of the same name uh, that other people, uh, other developers can integrate into their apps. And that's how I came up with the name. Um, so I think, like, I'm from, being from Scandinavia, we have this um, uh, association with Vikings, I think. Um, <laughs> there are other countries that have that as well. But yeah. there's this, you know, there's this culture around uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, around these Vikings. People wear these Viking helmets when they go to, not, not when they go to all parties, but, you know, if they go to a soccer match, they might wear this Viking helmet. It's it's like, it's everywhere to some degree. Yeah. Um and the the Vikings had these rune stones, big stones that they were carving runes into, and I thought there's something here that kind of that, that feels like uh, that re- reminds me of a foundation for something. So we are building our uh, our modern world on top of this foundation established by the Vikings, and of course a lot of people before them. But it was just it was a nice association for me to a nice parallel to draw with these r- stones that they were carving into and something that we are building on top of uh, to this day. And I want other people to build on top of my framework, build their own apps. So that's kind of how I came up with the name for the for the framework. And if we rewind a little, then RuneStone was actually meant as a as an example project for that open source framework. So I in the beginning, I didn't mean to release an app uh, I meant to release an open source framework and I meant to use that framework in some of my other apps, namely Scriptable and JSON. Um, but as I was developing the framework, I, 
I needed an example project, you know, to test out some features yeah. uh, as I was developing them. And then just kind of along the way, I was just, this, this example project was turning into a full-fledged app. And it was turning into an app that I kind of wanted for my iPhone and iPad. There are other text editors out there for iPhone and iPad, and many of them are great, but this is just, it's a, it's a bit more simple. And it's built on top of Apple's uh, default document browser. So when you open it, you'll see an, uh, an interface similar to the one of the files app. And that was just, it was an easy way for me to, to pick files in this, in this example project. Yeah. You kind of, you get that with a few lines of code, this document browser, and the user can select a file. And then you get, as a developer, you get a chance to open it and display and edit the file. So that was like a few hours of work. And then that was set up. So that was a lot of things that I didn't have to build. And then I could focus on the edit, uh, editing part. I was like, when I had these two components, um, when I had the proof of concept for them, or maybe even when I had the, the small prototype of the document browser and a text editor on top of that, I was like, this this is turning into something that I would want to use. And that's how the RuneStone app uh, came to be. Very cool. And the framework, is it kind of the framework of parsing the code? Like what aspects of the app is also the framework that others can take advantage of? Yeah. Um, so the framework is... It's like that. That's the that's the text view. That's where you input your text. Uh, it doesn't really have any UI uh, except for the, the 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 text view itself. It exposes a text view that other uh, developers can integrate into their apps. And with that text view, you get support for things like syntax highlighting, showing line numbers, uh, adding a page guide so you can see like, are my lines getting too long for my liking? Then there'll be like this vertical bar that indicates that your lines are getting getting long um mm -hmm. yeah you'll get features to adjust uh, the display of the text like the line height and kerning and so on and all of this is is uh, in the framework and of course this framework builds on top of the uh, the framework developed by github called treesitter which is responsible for understanding the code in the document so it, it doesn't do the syntax highlighting, but it provides the basis for doing syntax highlighting. And RuneStone provides the syntax highlighting, uh, the syntax highlighting on top of that to developers. So um, I guess one natural question is how soon does JSON and Scriptable benefit from this uh, framework you've built? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, hopefully soon, but um, realistically, I also want to kind of focus a bit on the launch of RuneStone and improving that over the coming weeks uh, to kind of get that in a good place. So yeah. after launching it now, I'm getting a, a ton of feedback for, from people who want to see some very specific features or settings uh, or who have found a bug that I should fix. And I'd like to, I'd like to at least implement some of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to sure. iron out uh, all of the bugs that are there. I, I mean, I don't think you will, you'll never uh, be able to fix all bugs, I think, but at least the, the ones that are reported often, uh, I'd like to f kind of squash those um, and then implement a few more settings that are, yeah, and implement a few more settings that people are, are requesting, uh, maybe even some new syntaxes. Um, so that's more programming languages in yeah. the app. Um, but after that, I'll, I'll definitely start looking into uh, how I can get this into scriptable and JSON and with the, uh, with Apple's developer conference coming up in just a month, I'll also have a chance to kind of revisit the future plans for scriptable and JSON. And I think part of that is figuring out how do I get this, uh, this text editor into, into those. 
Yeah, I'm sure you're eagerly awaiting to see if there's any interactive widgets at um, <laughs> this year's event. <laughs> I think a lot of developers are. <laughs> um, so are you able to share what some of the most requested settings are that people are asking for? I think like people have been requesting a lot of different uh, settings and features, but there's, there's some overlap. Um, so one thing that uh, that someone requested was some way of like um, constraining the width of the text view on the iPad. So on the iPad, the text view is uh, full width by mm-hmm. default. So your lines will go like from the left side to the right side. Um, but on a on a big iPad, like the iPad 12 inch, that might feel a bit too big. Um, you might want to limit the width of your lines so they're easily uh, easier to read, maybe center them on the screen. And someone suggested that and I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Uh, and actually, it isn't that difficult to me for me to implement. So, I mean, I started on that this weekend. And actually, just before we started recording this, I, I wrapped up that feature. Um, so that'll, that'll be in the next update. Uh, other than that, uh, a lot of people are requesting tabs. Uh, so there's no tabs right now. You can only open a single document. So that's also something I'll be looking into. Uh, if not soon, then, I mean, at least some at some point uh, down the down the road. Um. Yeah, because you do support um multi window, which is which is yeah. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think that's a good start. But uh, with multi window, you're still really really limited to only have two. two documents open at a time. Right. Maybe one in slide over, but that's that's a little awkward. Yeah. Um, with tabs, people want to just quickly jump between a bunch of um like all like bunch of text files that are all related to a single project or what's the the most compelling um reason for the tabs yeah i think maybe for for browsing or editing multiple files related to a to one project but it could also be for comparing files i would guess Mm -hmm. um maybe copying something over from from one document to another um yeah i think there are a lot of a lot of use cases for for tabs on the on the ipad for sure so um for those that aren't devs, what goes into all the syntax highlighting and understanding the code that is being put into a document, and why is all this stuff important? Like, you know, is in text text. What 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 is all the syntax stuff all about? Yeah. Um. So as a developer, you're writing. As a developer, you're developing, right? And right. you do that by writing code usually. I mean, there are other means of developing. Uh, for example, uh, in Apple's shortcuts app, if you're making a shortcut, you're basically developing a shortcut. But that's in a visual programming language that's in a block-based programming language so to speak uh this app is really meant for or if if you're developing in runestone then you're writing text uh then you're writing code and when you write code then you'll want to get a, a quick overview of what's going on in this code uh you'll want the code to be easily understandable and one way of doing that is you know, by adjusting the way that you write the code, <laughs> ensure that you write code that is easily understandable. <laughs> but another way is also like having tooling that can help you easy, easily understand your code. And um, the key part to that is syntax highlighting. So it'll highlight some keywords, for example. So in some programming languages, words like for, while, if, uh, end, so on, those are keywords. And Imagine that you have a document uh, that's black text on a white background. Uh, that's your code. And then you start highlighting all the keywords. So that's the if, while, for, and so on. Well, then suddenly you'll be able to see like, where am I using the keywords? And you can use that to navigate in your code, right? Now, imagine you also start highlighting some 
other parts of your code, the variables. Now they are different color, a different color than the uh, than the keywords. Well, that's another kind of visual anchor that you have in your document, and you can use that to to navigate it. And when you keep doing that, then you'll kind of get a, a, another kind of visual structure around your document that makes it very easy to understand what's going on, or at least it makes it easier. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, a lot of sense. Um, if people have seen the Matrix, it kind of reminds me of that a bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the code jumping off the screen a bit and being able to see stuff. Yeah, it's not much different from having a, a document and then you make parts of it. So if you're writing a message to someone on Slack or whatever service and you want parts of it to be bold or italic, you also do that to emphasize something uh, to the reader. And that's basically the same thing syntax highlighting is doing. It's emphasizing something to the developer. In an automatic way, which just makes it brilliant. Yeah. 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 And, and this is something Xcode does, like pretty much all coding tools do this. Yeah. All, all coding tools uh, have this. It's it's totally standard to have that in in a, in a in a in an app for for writing programs. And something I found pretty cool is that um, from the appearance angle, you can pick any font to be the default font for Runestone, even like a bold font, which you may want to not want to do that if you're writing in like Markdown where it'll show bold <laughs> in italics. But you can. Um, what other kind of important appearance things did you find? Um, you know, necessary to include for this version one. I decided to include a lot of uh, appearance settings for the for the app. Um, in fact, there's a whole theme editor in the app. So when you're a developer um, and you have this syntax highlighting, then you can do that with various colors. Um, there are various popular code editing themes out there. Uh, there's some named like Tomorrow, Dracula. They all have these very cool names, and they are some of them are very important, uh, very um, popular. Uh, and are shipped with a lot of different uh, popular code editing tools. Um, but, you know, these are like, people have their, their personal preferences, uh, and and some developers like to uh, tweak these themes to their liking. Uh, and in RuneStone, I shipped a complete theme editor, so you can kind of, uh, you can adjust the colors of, of the syntax highlighting uh, first and foremost, um, so the different keywords and variables can have a color of your liking. You can actually also customize the colors of all UI components in the uh, in the editor. So the navigation bar at the top and the bottoms and the UI for searching. You can choose the colors of that uh, in this theme editor. So that's one thing I included. Then there are other settings like the line height and the kerning of the text that that's that's also really tied to the the appearance uh, of the app and you can also tweak that in uh, in runestone so i think a lot of users will like use the the default settings so i kind of try to choose some settings that i believe match a lot of people's uh, preference um, but that's, I mean, that's just my best guess. I mean, any code editor, any plain text editor will have some, some defaults that they think are sensible. But I think it's very common for tools like this that you go in and tweak just, you know, a few settings so it matches your light, uh, your liking. So for example, I really, uh, I really like that the line height, uh, in a text editor is a bit larger than usual. So I've also added that as an option in, in RuneStone and I set it to like, 130%, which means that each line is 30% taller than the, than the default, um, which is basically the height of one character. Uh, but by, by increasing the line height a bit, you get a bit more spacing between the lines. And I think that makes it a bit more pleasing to the eye. Yeah, for sure. Um, so something 
I heard from a developer that has been using RuneStone is just how impressed they were with the performance in that in the past, some apps that see through big you know, text files with a bunch of code in it, it just slowed down a bunch. And that's not happening at all in RuneStone. Were there challenges in making this app as you know, performance strong as it is. Yeah, uh, I think that was like the challenge. In fact, um, I think we can c- record a whole podcast episode about <laughs> the um, <laughs> about tweaking the performance of RuneStone. But yeah, um, so really, there are there are kind of three aspects of fine tuning the performance in RuneStone. One of them might sound trivial, but that's like understanding lines. Um, so with the that is something I found fascinating. Is just that. Yeah. You know, as a non-developer, I was I was just understanding this concept of lines where I'm going to the next line, but it's not a, technically a new line until I hit return. And it just kind of, that, that was just like an aha moment. It's like, oh, each return indicates a new line and having this app understand that is kind of very cool, actually. Yeah, once you start diving into it, then understanding how a, what, what, what a text document is, that it, it kind of gets tricky. And, and one thing is understanding the lines and understanding like how long are, is each line in a text document. And if, if I'm at a character uh, 520 in this document, then what line is that on? That could be the first line, but it could also be the hundredth line yeah. or the fifth line. Uh, and that's something you need to understand when you're building a text editor. And Apple doesn't really give you this by default as a developer. Um, so I had to look at some open source code and like see what other uh, other developers are doing and then figure out how can I do that performantly on, on iOS. Then, of course, another part is drawing the text. So Apple has different components for rendering text to the screen. Oh, sorry, not, yeah, one components for drawing text, but also frameworks for drawing text. And some of them are very high level and some of them are very low level. And I tried some of the high level uh, components and frameworks for drawing the text. And I found that they just, it, it wasn't performant enough for my needs. So I had to go very low level uh, in RuneStone to get the, the performance that I wanted. And then, of course, the, the, the last and third kind of big topic in this umbrella of uh, performance in RuneStone is uh, the syntax highlighting and actually understanding the code in uh, in RuneStone. And when I'm saying code, it's not necessarily like JavaScript or Swift, but it can also be markdown files, which is not strictly code, but you know, you're still doing some markup that, that RuneStone needs to understand. Yeah. And that's where GitHub's framework tree setter really came into into play. That's an, an open source framework for understanding what's going on in a document. And it's super performant when used right. Um, yeah. Were there any languages that were a bit harder to support that you weren't sure were going to make it for version one? Yeah, maybe a little actually. Um, so as I said, RuneStone is using uh, TreeSetter for understanding the, um, the code or the text in, in, in the document. And... TreeSitter is using these open source uh, parsers or language definitions. So they are open source definitions for Markdown. So that's some rules that specify, well, if you have a Markdown document and you apply these rules, then you can kind of understand what's going on in the document. Yeah, and those exist for Markdown, JavaScript, PHP, all sorts of languages. So, I mean, in some sense, I'm, in quotes, just using open source code to understand what's mm-hmm. going on in RuneStone. 
and in in that sense it was quite easy and it was equally easy for all languages um there's one one in one language that was a bit more tricky than others though and that was actually swift figures swift <laughs> is a very complicated uh, yeah that's it's a complex language i'm sure there are other as complex languages out there but maybe i'm just not supporting them in runestone yet but it is a very large language with a a large grammar um and opening a Swift document in RuneStone can be a bit more heavy than opening other documents, um, simply because I, I need to load in this parser for understanding what's going on in the document. And that takes a bit longer than than for other languages. So I'm doing some tricks there to, to speed it up a bit. Gotcha, yeah. And what language do you find yourself using most often? I'm most often using uh, Markdown. I like to edit Markdown files in... In RuneStone, um, I'm often using JavaScript. Um, I have a kind of a, a love for JavaScript. Uh, I think we've in, in previous episodes we've talked about Scriptable, this app for writing JavaScript. Um, so I'm, I'm using I am using RuneStone for for writing some JavaScript and then for uh, for browsing JSON files. So occasionally I'll get um, a JSON file uh, sent over from a from a coworker uh, in my day to day job, and I'll I'll usually view that in yeah, either um, my JSON app, mm-hmm. so this app specifically meant for for viewing JSON files, or I'll uh, I'll view it in RuneStone. And admittedly, the past few months I've probably mostly used RuneStone to kind of uh, exercise the app and figure out where are the where are the things that I need to tweak. So kind of stress testing it in some sense. Yeah. Um. So that yeah. That, that that's at least three languages that I'm using uh, RuneStone with. Very cool. And we talked earlier about, about the concept of lines and how each return <laughs> makes it a new line. I noticed this ability to um, vertical and horizontal overscroll. Uh, can you explain yeah. the overscroll ability and even the ability to even horizontally scroll, which is a bit different? So on iOS, we are not really familiar with this concept of horizontal scrolling in text documents. So take, for example, Apple's Notes app. If you write a huge note and if you have long lines, then the text will wrap to the next line. Um, so one line is shown as multiple line fragments, so to speak. So when you hit hit enter, you start a new line. But if your line is too long, then it's still wrapped to another line fragment. Some code editors work that way and a lot a lot of code editors don't. So if you're writing... Um, code then you probably want uh you don't necessarily want long lines but if you have a long line then you'll want it to be rendered as a single line and then horizontal uh, and then enable horizontal scrolling so you can kind of scroll to the end of that line so i had to support that in in runestone of course you can kind of you can toggle that setting on and off i think if you're writing a markdown document then you probably don't want uh want horizontal scrolling then you probably want the default um, behavior with line wrapping enabled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's the overscroll feature, which was actually something that, uh, that a user or actually a few users requested during the beta. It's this feature where you make the scrollable area a bit larger. So imagine that you're scrolling a document and then you reach the end and then the last line of that document will be at the bottom of the screen if you're scrolling vertically. Yeah. If you add some overscroll, then you'll be able to scroll a bit longer than the document, uh, than the height of the document. So the, if you add like a 50% overscroll, then the last line of the document will be able to scroll to the middle of the screen, which can make it a bit uh, more pleasant to read the bottom of a document 
if you don't have to move yeah, your eyes to the I really bottom like of the screen. That's smart. Yeah. And the same thing for horizontal overscroll. I think the most common overscroll is vertical, but when I was like when I was adding the feature, I was like, I might as well add horizontal <laughs> right. overscroll if anyone wants that. Yeah. Um and th- this is actually a feature that's quite common, I would say, in in code editors, but I'm not sure it's really that common in other plain text editors or, or other text editors in general. Like I don't think the notes app has it, for example. Yeah, I think like in pages, I remember often just hitting return so I could do that and have these empty lines just so I could like yeah have it more comfortable. <laughs> right. So have you considered um, presets for these kind of settings based on the file type as an option? The short answer is yes. <laughs> I, I have considered that. And I mean, I hope to support it one day, but it's it comes with some added complexity uh, of maintaining multiple sets of settings. Um, but it's, it's certainly possible to to implement um i think my main concern is like how do i how do i not implement my main concern is not how do i implement it from a technical point how do you not confuse people but it's like exactly how do i implement the ui for this what's what's the proper ui here um i don't think that's as straightforward especially not on an ios app where we are used to one setting screen for adjusting the settings globally but once you start adding uh, per file type settings then, of course, you're using the same setting screen, but you're really adding multiple levels of settings here. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's how do, <laughs> how do you do that well? <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to think about that a bit. Yeah. So um, something I'm curious about is, so apps like Playgrounds, you're writing code and able to see the results of that code right then and there, either in like the Swift UI preview or the demo app that it lets you run in an app <laughs> like um runestone what's kind of the workflow for seeing if the code you've written is doing what it needs to do i mean the boring and the short answer is that there is none um, okay. or at least that it's not something that runestone is concerned about very much in like the same way that um text edit on the mac isn't concerned about where your text goes after afterwards yeah so you might draft up a a message or an email and text edit, but you're not able to send the email. Or you might edit a, a code file, but you're not able to compile or run that code. Um, and Runestone is kind of, it's developed from the same point of view that I want to make a, a great plain text editor. And what you do with that text isn't really, isn't really something that Runestone cares about. That's not to say that it's not something that could be added in the future, but at least for now, it's not, it's, it's not really, it hasn't been my goal. Um, the goal has been to make a, a, an app that works with a, a broad range of programming languages and doesn't go too deep into specific languages. So if you want to run code, uh, if you want to run some Swift code, then you'll need to embed the, um, the Swift compiler and so on. And, um, if you want to preview some HTML, well, then you'll need to uh, develop functionality specific for that. Uh, sorry. Yeah, if you want to re- preview some HTML, you, you'll need to develop a feature specifically for that. But it could also be if you want to preview a markdown file, um, you need something that can convert that to maybe HTML and then preview that. So it's like... The, the, when you when you when you kind of want to take it to the next level, then it's very specific for each programming language. You can't use the Swift compiler to compile PHP or to run Python. So once you start kind of looking into that, you need to go deep on each specific 
programming yeah, language. Yeah, it becomes like 20 different apps, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's one that's a huge effort. But it's also like, what are you really doing? I, I, I think doing that, I would be afraid of doing 20 things either bad or mediocre instead of kind of focusing on the core that I want to do well. Yeah, the, um, the HTML previews is something that I personally would... Um, like to see the most as a non-developer, but mm-hmm. someone that can dabble in HTML stuff. And uh, it, there's a lacking in iOS. I think we used to have Diacoda that was like the perfect app for this where you could write mm-hmm. HTML and preview it. And there's all sorts of cool ideas with um, being able to like write HTML and it live updating on like an external monitor or secondary um, you know, window with an iPad OS. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know if that's ever something um, you'd, you'd do one day. Well, Maybe. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll never say never, but it just, it hasn't been the focus now. Um, I think if there's like, if there's a lot of demand for this, then I could see it happen. So if, if I can see that, uh, a lot of users would benefit from this feature, then it might make sense for me to go deep on, on HTML and really improving the support for the HTML. Um, but I, I don't want RuneStone to turn into an app for editing HTML. Yeah, exactly. um, I want yeah. it to be an app for editing plain text files that then maybe happens to have some HTML specific features. So I, I just think there's a, there's a balance to be found here. Yep, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's not an HTML app. It, it includes that, but, um, it's one of many apps. Yeah. Um, or it's it's one app that includes all these different languages and treating them all equally is, is I think, a, a good thing right now. Yeah, that, that that's the plan for now, at least. So um, for those that aren't developers, there's still a lot to love about this app. And the free version that you download is actually really great if you're not a developer. As We'll, we'll talk about the premium stuff a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. So what aspects of the app are you most proud of for those that aren't coding with it? I know for me, I found the search just really stellar that find and replace mm. ability is just a great ui for that i think that would also be the uh, the feature that i would highlight here yeah so I, I spent a lot of time on on the search functionality and i wanted to make it in a way where you could still view your document while you were searching and while you were replacing text in the document um this is very similar of how um text editors work on the on the mac where you'll usually have search and replace on the left or right hand side and then your document in the middle of the screen or you might have search and replace at the top but at least you'll always have um, have your view kind of split into two so you can always see what's going on in the in your document while you're searching and while you're replacing and i wanted to bring that over to runestone in general i've been very inspired by uh, various mac uh, text editors or text editors for the mac as i was developing this and i thought it would be fun to see like how can i how can i do something new around search and replace in this app or at least something that might be new to ios but which feels a bit more familiar on on mac um so i'm, I'm glad that you're highlighting that um yeah <laughs> as, as one thing that that, that that you like in the app um other than that i think the performance of the of the app is, is something that i hope a lot of uh, people will appreciate no matter if you're a developer or not um so i think if you are a non-developer, you might also have some large text documents that you need to open, and uh, I hope that RuneStone can handle those. And then, of course, I also I I really like uh, also from from a non-developer point of view that RuneStone is built on this default document browser um, that Apple provides, so it'll be I mean instantly familiar to anyone using the or anyone who have previously used the the files app on iOS uh, and iPadOS. For sure. And I do love when you like create a new document within RuneStone, it, it actually asks you 
what, what should the file name be? Because a lot of apps, you just, mm-hmm. we have a new file, and you can name it later if you want to. Yeah, it's actually fun because that's something I've gotten. Um, I, I, a few, a few users at least have written me feedback about uh, about this in particular. Uh, I think some some like it. Uh, usually, you don't hear from people who who like a, a particular small feature. You hear from those who don't like it. And I, ha- I have heard from a a few people who would actually prefer the the way that you're describing, where you just create a new app and then it has a default name like untitled.txt or something like that, and then you can get going. And then you might use it for for a scratch pad right. uh, or something that's never saved. Um, so I could see that being a setting that I would look into in the future. Where, like, do I want to be prompted right away to enter a file name, or do you just want to use a default file name? Right, I think yeah. th- those are two different use cases uh, that might make sense to accommodate in one app where, via a setting. Right. And um, something I noticed is it kind of defaults to plain text, which makes sense for this app. Um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, what's the Markdown extension? How do I get to Markdown? Is mm-hmm. there a Markdown extension? I know you can do it in the UI after you're working in plain text already, but um, what's the proper way to do that? The Markdown extension is .md for Markdown. Um, and if, you, if you're creating a Markdown file in RuneStone, you'll have to enter your file name and then type .md. Um, there's also a setting to make it default to any uh, file extension that you might prefer. So you could tell it to uh, specify .md for all new files that you create or .js for JavaScript or whatever. Um, and this is actually something that I've also gotten some feedback on, uh, which honestly surprised me a little, but maybe in a positive way, but uh, at least it was a bit curious to me that I got this uh, that I got this feedback. Because on, on the Mac, when you create a new file in, in a code editor or a text editor, you'll often just be presented with uh, a similar UI where you just enter a file name and then dot whatever extension. Yeah. But uh, several people or a handful of people maybe have written to me that they, just like you, they might not know the extension of the file that they're actually interested in creating. Yeah, initially um, I was trying dot MKD. It's like, that might be Markdown. Yeah. And then I Googled, what's the Markdown file extension? I couldn't find it. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's .md. But if, if you are familiar to Markdown editors that handles this for you, then I can see why that's that's confusing, that all of a sudden you, you're expected to know this extension yourself. Um, I just think, as a developer, this the way that RuneStone is doing it now feels natural to me because I'm, famili- uh, I'm, I'm used to writing my file extension self myself yeah. and i think most developers are but i can also see that with runestone hopefully having a broader appeal then that might not be the right way to do it to expect people to write the file extension themselves i might need to add uh, um some sort of drop down or uh, some kind of ui to select the file extension of the file uh, you're creating yeah cuz uh, a little bit later i did discover you can tap on the file name when once you're in it and change it to Markdown. I don't know. Is there benefits to having the right file extension? Like if I'm working in plain text and I change it to like Swift, will that cause problems? Yeah. So interestingly, tapping the file name um, in the editor and changing the language doesn't actually change the um, the file extension. Right. So if you create a file called um, hello world.md for a markdown file you open it and you start writing markdown and you change the language to say javascript mm-hmm. then it will not rename the file to hello world.js instead it will reinterpret the file as javascript so that's really meant for the cases where runestone is unable to 
guess the contents of your file. Mm. So usually these uh, code editors will look at the file extension to guess what's in the file, but sometimes you're creating files with different file extensions, or maybe they don't even have a file extension at all, but they still contain some some text that can be interpreted using a uh, using some programming language. So popular examples of this include like familiar uh, people familiar to iOS development will know that we have this concept of fast lane which uses ruby files and some of these ruby files don't have uh, a file extension but they just contain ruby and then runestone cannot guess the contents of the file but you can manually select that it's ruby and then you'll have the content syntax highlighted gotcha yeah and uh with markdown is there is there a downside in having it being a txt file versus a markdown file no, not at all. The The main benefit of using the .md uh, file extension will be to signify to RuneStone and other text editors that this is a Markdown file and they should interpret it as, as Markdown. Okay. I mean, I think I think that's broadly what file extensions are for, uh, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun thing as a kid when I discovered I can just change extensions and sometimes it would work. And <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, that's mm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, is RuneStone an app you're using uh, now to write code for different projects you're doing? No. The short answer is no. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> RuneStone was mainly developed for uh, for integrating into other apps, right? So it yeah. was developed as, as this open source uh, framework. So I, I intend to implement it in some of my other apps, like Scriptable and JSON. But yeah. So what am I actually using RuneStone for? Uh, you might ask. And I, I use RuneStone for like this occasional editing of files. Uh, which occasional happens to be quite often, but it's like if someone shares a file with me, typically via Slack, can be some code snippet or it can be a JSON file, then I'll need some way to view this file and probably also edit it. And I'll use RuneStone for that. Um, so that's that's my main use of yeah of apps like uh, RuneStone on 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 my uh, iPhone and iPad. But I hear from people who who use it for who use it in different ways. Um, like I think some people are using their iPhone and iPad to develop more on than I am, honestly. Um, and those are those are benefiting from an an app like like RuneStone. I can I can clearly tell from the from the feedback I'm getting. Yeah, as you were talking there, I was just thinking how cool of a next step for Universal Control would it be if you could right click on a file on your Mac and say, "Open in RuneStone on iPad," or it'd have like an iPad section. And you could just open files on the iPad next to you. I think that'd be really nifty if Apple would add that or some third party could figure out how to implement some kind of plugin for that. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be possible. That would be fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other developer-focused features that are important to point out um, before you start the wrap-up? Um, yeah, I think we have kind of touched on a lot of them. Um, I don't know. If we have mentioned like line numbers, so you can see what line you're on, or like you can see the line number of any line, basically. Those are important when you're writing code. Um, now it can show invisible characters, um, which can be helpful for some developers. So you can see where the tabs and spaces and uh, line breaks and so on in your code. Um, there's the page guide, so you can tell if your lines are getting too long. And there's a whole tool for formatting your code. So if you're writing some JavaScript, and uh, or if you're opening someone else's JavaScript file and it doesn't really suit your coding style, then you can format it using RuneStone and have it like reinterpret the file and write it to disk in a in a format that you prefer. 
Um, so that's things like where are the line breaks and uh, how long should my lines be and so on. Um, yeah, there are, there are a ton of different uh, settings for, for developers that we could dive into. Very cool. And then um, we touched on the fact that you can just download this for free. And if you're not a developer, you'll get a lot out of this. And as a non-developer, you mm-hmm. also get some cool app icons and some other customizability features. But what what is um, kind of the $10 upgrade? What do you get with this premium upgrade? Um, so that's basically, that's most of the things that we that I covered uh, previously. So the line numbers, invisible characters, page guide, formatting, so on. Um, so basically, I wanted to give people their the core text editor for free so they can try it out they can see that you know syntax highlighting works that search and replace is fast and reliable um it can handle big documents and so on but if you want to personalize the app um so if you want to use uh if you want to design your own uh, theme or if you want to tweak the line height or kerning or something like that then then you'll need to to pay uh, or to unlock the the premium um, the premium uh, purchase. Basically, then the app is free, but some of the nitty gritty settings require the purchase. Yeah, and it doesn't really bother you with the fact that you're on the free one. If you don't even make your way into the settings app, you may think that's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, anything else that we haven't covered they'd like to before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I think that's it. Very cool. Um, where can people find more information about RuneStone? Um, you can go to runestone.app um, to to find out. Like, uh, There's a small uh, text document showing like why I developed the app. There are links for the open source framework on GitHub and to the App Store and so on. Um, and then, of course, if you're interested in the development of uh, of RuneStone, uh, you can follow me on on, tw- on Twitter, where I'm at Simon Bias, and I occasionally tweet about like upcoming features and uh, ask people for their opinion about like should I do A or B in RuneStone, uh, so on. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for your time today. It's been great chatting and learning more about this awesome new app. Sure, uh, it's been it's been great tr- chatting with you, and thank you for having me uh, again. Well, that was my interview with Simon. My thanks to Simon for his time recording this interview. And my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. If you'd like to support this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash iPadPros, or you can subscribe to the podcast either monthly or yearly in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone next week for a very exciting WWDC episode.